Oh, baby. Uh, if that is a precursor of things to come, we are in for a uh, some heart palpitations. Game one goes the Avalanche way. They did everything in their power to win this game, and eventually they did. But, man, game one against the St. Louis Blues, round two. They needed overtime to do it, and we all had Josh Manson winning this thing in overtime. The Avs dominate this game, but like we said, they needed overtime to do it. A lot to talk about, so let's jump right in. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome aboard, Avalanche Nation, to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram? Did I say that right? I don't know. The endorphins are still flying, so I don't know if I said that right. (laughs) Uh, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow the show on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Kyle, this was, uh, how you wanted the avalanche to come out playing when you don't play for a week. We had that rest versus rust conversation, which we were all in agreement. Maybe there'll be a couple minutes of that. There was none of it. The Avalanche pretty much picked up where they left off in terms of the style of play carried right over from the Predators to the Blues. And this was like game two of the Predators series where the Avs were in complete control of this game pretty much from beginning to end. You could say really when the second period kicked in is when it was nothing but Avs. But they couldn't get anything past Jordan Bennington. And we kind of rag on him a lot on this show for good reason. But you have to give him a ton of credit for keeping the Blues in that game. And it was one of those games where you're just like, even though the Avs are dominating, all the Blues need is something to go their way. And this game is over. But it didn't happen. The Avs finally get the overtime winner from Josh Manson in overtime. And they're up one to nothing. What a game. Yeah, and that was something we mentioned in the uh, Lockdown Avalanche Twitter spaces. By the way, if it's a game day, follow us on Twitter. We're over there. Come join us. Um, I said immediately, the rest versus rust debate, take all your talking points, crumple it up, throw it away. That avalanche tempo and performance and dominance, honestly, wire to wire. Like The Blues scored first, and they were the last one in regulation to even it up. But the Avalanche just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And you felt confident, even when the score was tied up, that the Avalanche were walking out of there with a win. Even with Bennington starting to get hot midway through the game, you felt really good about the Avalanche chances. And the unlikely hero to take us home, um, that was that was unexpected. But you felt really good about the performance from everyone on the team. Yeah, I mean, you felt good about their chances of winning because they were getting tons of chances and just one had to get through and that's what happened. But the same can be said for the Blues, not that they were in control of the game by any stretch of the imagination, but like I said earlier, they just needed something. They needed a a puck 
to bounce or get past a defender. And then you have like Mark Stone did last year in the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. they just needed something like that to happen. They had a few looks. I, I haven't checked it again because we're, we're uh, recording right after the game's over. I thought I heard the Avs in overtime. Yeah, it's true. 13 16. to nothing. Oh, 13. In overtime. Yeah. Shots on goal. 13 to nothing. And they scored that goal uh, eight minutes in? What? <laughs> I mean, to get 13 shots on goal in the first eight minutes of that of the overtime session and to hold them to zero, it it continued into the overtime session. The the way that they're like, nothing changed for the Avs from how they were playing in regulation to overtime. And that is exactly what sometimes you loosen up or tighten up a little bit because it's the playoffs did not happen for Colorado. And it's one of those that there was 54 shots in regulation. Like honestly, if you shoot that much and the amount of posts, like we could have a whole nother podcast about the posts in this game. It could be a seven to two game easily. Easy. Easy. And that means you're getting good shots. It's not like they're if you're hitting the post that that's that means you're hitting the mark. You're getting close. You're right there. So that dominance to carry all the way over into overtime. It again throw the rust conversation out. This Avalanche team is built different this year, and they're on a mission. Yeah. Well, they they yeah you 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 give up the goal to Ryan O'Reilly. Not the best looking goal or or leading to the Ryan O'Reilly goal. Like Kale McCarr didn't really get, you know, it was kind of a lazy attempt at a clear, but it kind of ping ponged off a couple people and got behind him to to O'Reilly, who had a very nice backhand, uh, roofed it on Kemper. Okay, fine. You're down. But at the end of the first, you're down one to nothing. And again, uh, I put this up on on Twitter. Like you've had, you hit. Three posts, I think, in the first period. You had the the puck roll off the stick of JT Comfer. Like you, you're you're beating them. Yeah. Like you you have so many opportunities that just haven't gone in yet. So after the first, I felt fine because yeah. you got those pucks behind Bennington. They just pinged. I can live with that. They're generating chances. And then what happened? They get into the second. And, you know, those things start they, – they go in, at least the two of them did. But when, when you spot – or when the Avalanche spot anybody a goal that early in the game, that, that doesn't phase them at all. They have no. all game to, to come back on that and to at least to get an equalizing goal. I will take those chances 100 times out of 100. And O'Reilly scored six minutes in, 6.25 in. And yeah, you don't want that to happen. You want you no. want to get that first goal, but it happened, and I don't think anybody was panicking. Like, oh my god, the Avs are going to get shut out tonight. And honestly, we we talked about the posts and it being possibly seven two. If EJ would have actually got a good handle on that one shot, it would have been eight to two. The one that, that the was early, one. the quote unquote highlight real save. Bennington had better saves later in the game. But EJ just didn't get a good handle, didn't get a good shot at the net, and he robbed it. But And when Ryan O'Reilly did score that, I I made the comment, like, is this what the Avalanche are going to face? Matt Duchesne 
being the only source of scoring in the Predator series and then Ryan O'Reilly for the Blues. <laughs> like, it's just like... Callie it, Rosen's the, next, right? Yeah. yeah, it's we we talked about it being a Scott Pilgrim versus the world scenario. The evil exes <laughs> are just going to be in the way the whole playoffs. But no, and when Val Nachushkin ended up opening up the scoring for the Avalanche, that was top line versus top line. And if our top line can score on yours, that's basically where the production is coming from from St. Louis, especially last night. If you can, if you can make uh, go best on best and score on their best, you feel good about the rest of the series. Uh, you know, and you, you saying that made me think there was a moment, and it was late in the third, and Tarasenko just collected a puck along the boards. It was not nothing, you know, just regular cycling of plays, and I was like. I haven't. There, there's a name I haven't heard all day. Yeah, and I'm looking his stats up right now. He didn't register a shot on goal. Vladimir Tarasenko, zero goals, zero assists, zero points, negative one. Uh, no shots on goal. Played almost 19 minutes. You know, and here here we are talking about the 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 depth of these two teams and how they're <coughs> kind of evenly matched in that regard. This thing was all Avalanche. It yeah. was all Colorado. And, and yeah, that Val Nechuskin goal, I mean, first of all, you're getting pumped up because it was an equalizing goal. They needed that one. They got on the board. But his reaction to it, he's usually a calm, like, docile guy. He was fired up. So not only were you fired up because they scored, when you saw his reaction, you were like, oh, this is go time. Let, let, let's do this thing. And that's what – the playoffs brings out in people, even calm, cool, collected guys like Val Nachuskin, just rage. And you know, it's funny. Like you talk about Val's reaction. I think all the Avalanche fans are feeling that same reaction. We just made St. Louis look like Nashville that whole series. Mm. We we spent time and time talking about this could be close. This is a tricky team. Vladimir Tarasenko mm-hmm. win nothing. That's dominance, yeah. and it's speaking a lot to how this Avalanche team is like built. And even Landeskog in the press conference saying rust is a zero factor. We see it now. Yeah. So uh, more to get to with this game. Um, we'll talk about you know how Bennington, Bennington kept them in this game, and if you get another performance like that from the Avalanche, do you expect another repeat performance like from Bennington? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about Darcy Kemper, his first game back uh, from since the eye injury suffered in uh, the Predator series. And, of course, we have a sound check to get to a little bit later. So, uh, But let's hear from rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry when you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices at Rock Auto are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. 
at rockauto.com. After game two in round one against the Preds, um, when you had Ingram pretty much performing like Bennington, and mm-hmm. it was a close game that the Avalanche obviously pulled out, <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, if you get that performance again from the Avalanche, especially against a rookie goalie, you you would take that. Um, and it happened. In game three, they kind of blew, blew them out. In game four, was a little bit closer. But in the end, they, they hung, I think, five goals on them, right, in game four. Yep. You know, Bennington is obviously not a rookie, and he played very well in round one against Minnesota. That's why he's starting right now. Um, and he, he, he kept them in this game. Abs with 54 shots on net. I think they had something like nine. I don't know if they pushed 100, like, total shots. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was in the 90s. I know that. Because iron, uh, if they go off the post, it doesn't count as a shot on goal. No, it does not. So they just, you know, if you're looking at, I can bring it up quickly too, like, you know, Corsi, which tracks that stuff, just anything shot towards the net, um, you're probably looking very close to 100. I'm going to bring that up close. But, um, you know, if the Avalanche keep playing, like, like if if this is a carbon copy, game, game two is a carbon copy of game one in that the Avs are that dominant. Can you expect this uh, game two to go to overtime? Or do you think it's just, you know, when it, being Jordan Bennington's shoes? And it's like, yeah, I can do this once. You're expecting me to do this seven times? That can weigh on a goalie for a little while. He's going to need some help from his defense. Yeah, and you would expect the defense to bail him out. And honestly, if we had this exact same performance in game two, Mm-hmm. There's not going to be the same amount of posts. There's not going to be the EJ shot. There's not going to be the cross crease kind of like fumble and like Bennington standing on his head. Instead of three two going to overtime, it's going to be another five six two maybe one. You might take the soul out of St. Louis in Ball Arena. Like I mm. honestly, you hope the Avalanche can do this again. And if you're looking at their their track record in the playoffs so far. You almost expect it at this point. So, according to Natural Stat Trick, for Corsi 4, the Avalanche were at 98. Mm. Um, 98 to the Blues 41. That is a 70.5 percentage of Corsi 4, which means of all the shots taken, 70% of them came from the Avalanche. When you go to the Fenwick, Fenwick does not count blocked shots. They were at 73. So the Blues blocked a, a lot of shots. Was that 25 yeah. shots that they blocked? Um, but that still equates to um, a 73 Fenwick for a 30 Fenwick against, which still comes out to 71%. So usually those are close in percentages, um, but just because one doesn't count blocks, the those shots will be a little bit less, but still, including just for the Fenwick, that's still seventy three shots you got towards the net. And some people yeah. like the Fenwick a little bit more because it doesn't count the blocks. So you know, if you if you want to focus on that one, seventy three shots got through in one fashion or another. That's dominant. That doesn't and, and it's all honestly, it's matchups. It's how the Blues play defense. It's more collapsing. When things go wrong, they get right in Bennington's pocket. And the Avalanche will, if you back up and give them a shot, they're going to take it yeah. all day long. Yep. 
Um, you had, I thought Darcy Kemper played a good game. It was his first game back. Mm-hmm. You, they were, a couple times in the beginning, they were, camera angles were focusing in on his eyes. Mm-hmm. I get it. And you could tell. One is a little bit, you know, there's, you get hit there and you get scratched there. It's going to take a little while to completely heal and look like it's healed. Yeah. For now, it was like uh, a little bit squinted. Um, but it didn't seem to affect him that much. I think he played uh, a really good game. I do wish he he stopped that that one late in the third. Yeah. Um, was it is it Kairu, right? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. I mean, it it was a. I, I Kairu was going for like the toe drag, and it kind of got interrupted. I think it it was either Gerard, or it might have been Manson. Because the abs were coming on a line change, and they were on a penalty kill, and they just overcommitted, and it was a very nice move by Kairu, but he didn't get everything on it, and and I think that's a shot that Kemper's got to stop, especially in that situation. But other than that, I thought he looked good. Positionally, he looked great. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. floating all over the crease. He wasn't pl- like Bennington was playing a lot of the puck in the trapezoid uh Kemper didn't do any of that he didn't act frantic or puzzled or like he was trying to get back in the rhythm he was ready to go yeah so but he did I mean he he gave that one up and but like you said positioning was great he was great um and then you go into overtime and I'm I'm, I'm still baffled by the 13 nothing (laughs) in in like 30 seconds Darcy Kemper had a lawn chair back there (laughs) yeah and you had some good opportunities. Uh, Nachuskin, Val Nachuskin had a golden opportunity off a rebound. Just, you know, didn't go in. And, uh, I mean, Josh Manson, of all people. And, and you saw it was Sammy G, who, yeah. by the way, we have to give credit for that. Not to me, <laughs> to my man Sammy for scoring that one. I mean, it just – was- he he played he played a good game. He did have that one turnover in the offensive zone, but I will give more credit to the Blues. I I, I don't know who it was. Sammy G was going for a, a, a back like it was a backwards pass, mm-hmm. which everybody would have done in that scenario, and the Blues player just read it well and picked it off and went in the other direction. Um, so, but I thought you know. My thinking was he just can match up better with the Avs against this Blues team, and I thought he played a good game. And you could see it in his confidence. He was putting himself yeah. in plays. He was shooting. He was the law tornado was there. Um, he was cycling around. Like you could see his confidence because he feels like he could contribute because of the way the Blues play. And to see Sammy G stepping up. Um, and to see the avalanche not commit to like chippiness that you saw in the first period, mm-hmm. like Darren Helm going after weird, um, just off camera, like extra checks, the same with Manson and Landeskog, and them not commit to that and still keep it a relatively clean game. Uh, I, if you haven't checked the, the stats yet, I will give you one guess as to how many shots on goal Sam Gerard had. Five. Seven. Ooh. Seven. And the there's only one player who had more, and that shouldn't be too difficult to guess who that was. Is that in, Nuke? In, in Nathan McKinnon. Oh. 
who had eight. So hey. Sammy G was firing. And yeah, when you get a goal and in that fashion, it's, uh, you know, put you in the lead. Yeah. Uh, your confidence is going to instantly grow. Still had a couple mistakes, but everybody does. That That yeah. is the game of hockey. Mistakes are going to be. In fact, on on the drop back pass that like, I intercepted, they, the Blues went straight down the ice. They kind of dumped it in, and Kemper collected the puck and tried to clear it, and that puck got knocked down as well. So two bad plays in, on the same play. So it just I'm just bringing that up to say, like, yeah, mistakes happen. It just seems like they get amplified more when, when Sam Girard does it because he's in everybody's doghouse right now. But you have to give him credit for how he played last night. He played great. So did Bowen Byram. Yeah, Bo Byram was so in control whenever he ha- he was so calm, like it's like I I was just in awe. He wasn't like this. Oh my God, he's making these incredible plays. But I honestly just felt comfortable when he had the puck on his stick. I thought he played a great game. Yeah, Bo and Byram looked great. He looked he contributed. His effort was just unmatched. You honestly felt like he was going to get a goal in that game. Just uh, the way he was playing. Yeah. And I want to double back on your point about Sam Gerrard and his mistakes and being in the doghouse. For anyone who wants to get critical of Sam Gerrard and his play and saying he has these lapses, Kale McCarr did the exact same thing, which led to goal number one. So if you're going to get on Sam Gerrard, you must get on Kale McCarr, which we never do because he's Kale McCarr. He's our right. baby face angel. No, Sam Gerrard had a great game, had a goal. Kale McCarr did not have a goal, made the same mistake. Yeah. So if you're going after Sammy G, you got to start with the great eight. It's, it's only fair. It's only fair to you know call out Kale McCarr when he makes a bad play. But those are few and far between mm-hmm. when he does. But so that kind of just amplifies it even more when he does make a mistake. Uh, but you're right. You're right. So, um, all right. Let's hear from Built Bar and then get to our game one <coughs> sound check. So, Built Bar, you know it and you love it. And get those birthday cake puffs. Mm-hmm. I'm checking mm-hmm. in with Kyle. Are they gone yet? Uh, they were. I had two during the game. Oh, okay. And that's it. And then you're out. Or do you have oh, no, I, I have like you have maybe more. three more. All right. Well, uh, the Built Bar Puffs are officially Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan's favorite Built Bar flavor, whether it's the Puffs or the regular bars. They're his favorite. They have 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar for this limited time flavor. We don't know if they are when they will be gone or if they are ever going to come back. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't wait any longer and go order some now. If you like the puffs, they are the first ever marshmallow protein infused protein bar. So if you're a marshmallow fan, I think it's pretty much a, a no brainer for you. So you can go to built.com, use the promo code locked one five to get 15% off your order. Once again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We have a sound check to get to. We haven't done one. Well, we did one. We didn't announce it, but we did one on social media where we just kind of got ready for the uh, for round two. Uh, but this is our first one that we're you know recording within the episode in a while. Which mm-hmm. seems like a while. I know it's been a week, but um, if you're new to the show, our 
Soundcheck is Kyle and I pick a song from our vast array of uh, Spotify, basically. And a song that best summarizes uh, each game the Avalanche play. Win or lose. And you can follow this playlist. We add all these songs to the uh, L-O-P-N Soundcheck playlist over on Spotify. So go give that a follow. What do you got for round two, game one against St. Louis Blues? He hails from it's Hinsdale, Illinois. Who does? Oh, the greatest American hero, Josh Manson. <laughs> That's why our sound check is the theme song for the greatest American hero. How can you beat that? How can you beat that? I mean, that Believe was like. Believe it or not, I'm walking. <laughs> We're getting DMCA'd, I, but here we go. <laughs> I always think of, well, you're a Seinfeld guy. Mm-hmm. I always think of George Costanza. Where could I be? <laughs> Where could I be? I, like I want that for my uh, my voice, but nobody leaves voicemails anymore. We we talked about no. this on on King's uh, uh, podcast. We That's right. That. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of going down the hero road with you. Um, and I put a song. This is a while ago by a uh, a band called Beast in Black, mm-hmm. who are this like just fantastic like. You would think they're from the eight, like the eighties metal, but like today, yeah. Um, and they, the song that's already on the soundcheck is the the Rocky theme from Rocky Four. Um, it's um, good. Yeah, it's well, so I'm, good. I'm drawing a blank on it. What, it's a. Uh, uh, um, I got it. Um, no, no easy way out. So you know the the. The Soviet when he's when he's in Russia yeah, when he's, he's doing the training oh, I, dude. I, I I sing it all the time going up and down stairs. It's the best video montage in in movie history. So they they covered that. Uh, this is on the same album. The album is called From Hell with Love, um, but it's the very first track on the album. Um, no Easy Way Out is the last track, so this is the first one. I'm like bookending this album. Hey, but this song is called Cry Out for a Hero. And Ooh. that is Josh, Josh Manson to a T. I mean, I, th- this is what I love about the playoffs, especially playoff hockey. You have guys like, look, look, look at the, the, the love that Jake Ottinger is getting right now. Yeah. Completely warranted. And, you know, you, you knew he was, go- he's the future of the stars, but that was his coming out party. And now, yeah. and now the expectations are through the roof for him for next year. But, that's next year for him and for the avalanche like you you need guys like you you're always going to have kale mccarr getting these goals these overtime goals and nathan you know you know the 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 regular players Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you have someone like josh manson who you got at the trade deadline to shore up the defense to be a, a a beef beefy body you know what i mean for him to come through in playoff overtime hockey and get the game winner that is that is a hero yeah and like those heroes like in playoffs like joel ward for the sharks and remember how big the hbk line was for pittsburgh like Mm -hmm. they were names that lasted for that that period in time and then after that it was kind of it so Mm -hmm. could this be manson's one time of like being a hero can he continue it we'll find out yeah well like sammy g like you you saw all the confidence in the world and not that Manson was lacking it, mm-hmm. but, you know, goals just, you know, make that 
intensity level go up for players, especially ones that don't score a ton. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. So, obviously, you know, the abs are off on Wednesday. Then they pick up game two on Thursday. What are you thinking here? Where, where's this thing going? What's your kind of prediction for, for game number two? You know, I want to say, like, I have hesitation. Will there be a come down? Will the, nothing has gotten in this avalanche way. The rest didn't stop them. Like, this is like, it's like we played Nashville yesterday, even though it was eight days. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, for, I mean, you, you don't anticipate any letdown whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like, there, <clears throat> there's no reason to believe that the way this team has played for five games now, that they would do that. And... You know, I I said it. We, we do these like short videos that Lockdown puts out, and this this is so far a carbon copy of last playoffs. The first six games you won. You know, right now you're at five. So even winning this game again, you know, you, as an Avalanche fan, you're not sitting here saying like, yeah, they're playing the best hockey that they have played since January, the entire yeah. month of January. Uh, but we're not sitting here punching our ticket to anywhere, anywhere, because there's still a lot, a long way to go and a lot of work to do. And knowing what happened last year, nobody is taking this, these wins for granted. None. No, it's all like you're not talking about, well, let's handle this and we got this on the horizon and who will we face in the East? No, no, no. It's next game mentality. Like mm. you did great here. Let's do it again. Yeah. And then when you, you, and then do it again. It's just the do it again mentality. Just go in, do your job, go home. This is how you want to start it. You know, like you, you always want that first game in a series. It just makes you feel good and you're not always pressing if you're you're down and just trying to even up the series. Mm-hmm. You have home ice advantage, and as of right now, you have kept that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but Kyle and I will be back tomorrow. We might be doing the crossover that's still up in the air with the guys from the Blues. So, again, if you listen, and yesterday we were talking about how we're trying, um, it, it possibly could happen tomorrow. If it does, awesome. If not, you got Kyle and I again for whatever we feel like talking about in the day off. Uh, for that, that's going to really wrap it up. So, uh, once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Make sure you go check out Locked on NHL for your second listen of the day. Get caught up on the other game that happened, that Panthers and Tampa Bay game, which was entirely one-sided. Both games, one-sided. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you guys for tuning in. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and I am Chris Selly. This is the Locked on Avalanche podcast. What a way to start. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, Go.